want to go right to my passage, though. Matthew 18, chapter 1, verse 18 through 24. This is the birth of Jesus. We've all heard it. And preaching Christmas and Easter are the hardest sermons for a preacher, a pastor to preach because everybody knows the story. So you have to pull out something different each time and try to feed them. In verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Remember, she was born, she was a virgin. She had not known a man, but there was a baby inside her womb. That's weird. I don't know about that. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and she was married, but she knew not Joseph yet. Not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away. That means divorce. To put her away secretly. To divorce her secretly because he didn't want to embarrass her. That's pretty noble in that situation that he still had his dignity. Because I don't think I could be that nice in this situation. I'd probably lose it pull out my, my one-eighth Italian and go crazy or something. I don't know. My Sicilian blood would come out. <laughs> it says, but why he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and ye shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Y'all heard me say it before. Jesus is Greek for Yeshua, Joshua in the Hebrew. It means Jehovah saves. Jehovah saves. See, God uses words for a reason. And the name in itself means Emmanuel, God with us, will come and save his people from their sins. Yahweh will come save their people from their sins. So Joseph was like, oh, didn't know that. And the angel said, and he will bring forth a son. He shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jehovah saved. When I hear Jesus, I hear Jehovah saves. That's what my brain hears. See, it translates from so many years of thinking it. See, when you think it and incorporate it in your life, you'll see things deeper. Verse 22, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, this is prophecy fulfilled. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So everything God did, there was a plan, and it was forecasted by the prophecy. You with me? God prophetically spoke his plan. He then delivered his plan that had preexisted, just finally coming to fruition. The subject of this sermon today is called Trust Beyond Turmoil. Thank you, Nick. Y'all already seated. If you weren't, I'd say you may be seated right now. That's what my notes say. See how I do that? <laughs> but seriously, as we will to do good, the Bible says the enemy is present. And how many of you had so many good things happen to you, and just when it feels like all is well, here comes another attack by the enemy? It's clockwork. When it rains, it pours. When one bill comes, 20 bills come. When I lose some money, I lose all my money. When, when my relationships go bad, everybody hates me. It's like all at once, it rains, it pours. And when I, finally, when I get in my rhythm, the devil tries to throw a twig in the street. You know, anybody ever felt that before? Somebody? That's good. Think with me for a moment how it must have felt to be married, not even engaged. Married to such a beautiful bride. I think technically he was betrothed, so they were like in engagement. Technical. I'm going to hear about that from Dan later. Sorry, Dad. But you were 
you're betrothed, engaged to such a beautiful bride. Everything is perfect. You got the cake ordered. You got a good deal on the per, per plate, per head count with a low minimum. So in case people don't show, you know, you didn't go bankrupt. And even though you want to make your wedding nice, you know, you, you got some extra money. So you can maybe take like a honeymoon and you could do something cool like go to the lake. Michelle's favorite honeymoon destination. Just kidding. That's where we went. We went to the lake at your parents' condo. It was a good time. We went shopping in that mall. Remember that mall? What was that? Osage Outlet Mall. It's, this is what I planned. When I get married, girl, I'm going to take you to the Osage Outlet Mall. And don't you forget it. We're not buying nothing. We're window shopping. Because we broke because we just spent it all on this wedding because it was so perfect. Joseph's got the ring. He's got, he's got the outlet mall planned. He's got, he's got everything planned. And then all of a sudden she's pregnant. Can you imagine? I mean, really, guys, come on now. This probably stirs men than women more than women because there's this, like, there's this alpha in us that says, oh, no, no, you didn't. What are you doing? This is my, this is my area. This is my wife. This is my household. It's like intrusion of personal it's the heart. It's damaging to the heart. And I can't imagine what he felt. And then, you know, he gets to this point, and there's a gotcha that this young girl is pregnant. Man, he's patient. Good thing there was no Facebook back then. You think he would have he posted about it? Well, guys, it's not going to happen because Mary, I won't even modify the lyrics to Mary, did you know? To make that, to make that, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Anyway, you guys can think on that later and come back to me if you think it was good. But my encouragement to you this morning is sometimes you have to look beyond how it looks and remember what is written, that how it looks is not always what it's written. In fact, how it looks is often not what is written. Our instinct is to run away in these seasons of anguish. We create this buildup of anxiety, turmoil, and it's natural because we feel tricked because of our faithfulness. We feel deceived by our desire and doubt because we have lost trust in the very thing we trusted in the most. I put all my eggs in this basket, and they, what? She's pregnant. What? We have to go beyond, though, how it feels and remember what is predestined according to the foreknowledge of God. See, Joseph didn't know the prophecy until the angels told him. Now, I still don't know how I would have felt about that until, until I had some time to get with the Lord and think about it. But that instinct to run away is usually when your greatest breakthrough is about to happen. Joseph was on the cusp of his greatest breakthrough. He was about to be the inherited father, earthly father of the greatest package delivery in the history of mankind. But I can tell you that he was a man and I'm sure it crossed his mind to say, I'm out of here. I'm out of this mess. This is not what I planned for. This is a hot mess. How dare she? She betrayed me. I don't care what the angel said. I can see it plain as day because if I get mad enough, I can make it say what I wanted to. In my heart. You with me? 
you can rewrite it to fit what you want it to say if you want to bad enough. But that doesn't change God's word because it doesn't change. And I can mold and manipulate his word to fit my scenario and say, she cheated on me. She's got to go, God. And God says, read the prophecy because this is my plan, not your plan, Joseph. And so trust me. And thankfully, see, God knows what he's doing. He chose a vessel that he knew would trust and keep his integrity and recognize that this was different. This was different. We don't measure by the world's yardstick. Y'all remember the, the old yardsticks? People still use those, the wood sticks. We use them like swords, Debbie. And the whole objective, any, any of you kids that would play with the yardsticks, is to get as close to your friend's stomach as possible with as hard as you could without actually hitting them. Because you don't want to hurt them until one kid actually gets it in the belly. Mommy. It's probably my son's. Colton. Colton stabbed me with the yardstick. That's why we had to go to the kind that roll up, because they're, you know, not violent weapons. But we don't measure based on the world's yardstick of what is logical in all cases. Because when God intervenes, it's spiritual. And that's a point where we can no longer discern with our logic. We are sensual people. And yes, we have good sense. And God created us to be practical and wise in a lot of situations. But there's times where we go past that. And now we have to say, I understand God is doing something spiritual in this situation. And I no longer can go by how it feels. I go by what he said. And I can go by his word. Y'all with me? It's awfully quiet in here. Amen. Amen. Taking my battery there. Okay. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for that. <laughs> the world measures things by this yardstick that thinks coming to church is stupid. Why would you bother? I can just get it online. Not true. Not the same. I can just make it what I want it to be. Yeah, you can. But God believes in community. He believes in fellowship. He believes in upholding someone when they can't uphold themselves and that we lift each other up. We grow together. We do this together as the body of Christ. And living by past trends is the culture's way to predict the future. Past trends say, how many churches fold in the first year? Like 90% or something crazy. See, I was, I was brave enough, or some call me crazy, to think that I could do anything I wanted when I was a kid. I could be Janet Jackson. Yeah, I know. But I believed it, which was the scary part. And so I took that motto into my life. And when God, God wasn't in those things I was seeking, but when, when, when I got into God's will, and when you get into God's will and you start seeking that something only he can touch, anything is possible and he will do the impossible and do it right before your eyes. And what you perceive as this barrier to wreck your world is the biggest blessing coming in the form of man that you didn't know was on his way to the manger. Y'all getting this? Nick, you getting this? Nick knows this story already. You look like Jesus with the, the hair thing. I'm just kidding. I'm jealous. I used to have long hair. It's gone. It's gone. Dave, you look like Jesus too. We got, we got the Jesus bros gone. <laughs> Love it. But measuring by the world's yardstick limits God. It's dangerous. It's dangerous to put a measuring stick on God's deliverance and abilities in your life. Remember Peter when he walked on the water 
Jesus said, come, and then he doubted, and we all know what happened. He started to sink. After he doubted, after Jesus said, it is so, you may, he still doubted. The The scripture says it right here, but I don't feel good. I don't feel good, so I'm going to keep saying it's a problem. And God says, no, it's a blessing. And I'm going to keep saying, no, it's a problem. And I'm going to say, no, it's, 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 it's a problem, God, because I don't feel like it's good yet. It's because it's germinating like the seed in the snow when you plant it in your yard. So we got to quit gauging God. And that instinct to run away, like Joseph could have, thank God he didn't. And God knew he wouldn't. There's no chance with Joseph. God already knew what he would do from the beginning. But as a man and as a, as a woman and as a human on this earth, you'll have an instinct to run away in those situations when you are closest to this breakthrough. You're going to have multiple breakthroughs in your life. It's not one big thing like I used to hear about the preacher t- saying, oh, God's about to do something. Oh, yeah, God's about to do something. Oh, God's about to, you know what, what is he going to do when I get to Monday? That's the problem I always had. But the breakthrough comes in the subtle adjustments. God does give you breakthroughs. It's how you recognize what they are and what they mean and how they apply through people in your life. And God sends people and he sends all kinds of things in your life that you don't recognize are the breakthrough happening. You think they're a barrier or a break of your trust that you put all your love into like Mary from Joseph. But God says, I would not do that to you, Joseph. It was forecast before you were even conceived, Joseph. And when we don't know, it's hard, and we gauge those situations incorrectly. It says he was a just man, that he did what was right, even though you know he felt burned in the situation for a moment. Obviously, what the angel said spoke to his heart because he didn't put her away privately. He didn't divorce. He he stayed in that situation. But in that moment at first, you know, He had to be confused, if anything. And when things go wrong, it's an instinct to desire to exploit that we are the victim. Joseph could have really been a jerk about it. But he, Joseph, jerk, jays, I don't know. He didn't. He chose to do it with integrity. He could have really been lousy about it. But he didn't. So we have a choice to not make ourselves look like a victim in a situation when really what we're asking God to give us is right in our lap. It's right in our lap. We think it's the barrier that God is punishing us with, and it's the breakthrough we're begging him for. Does that make sense? It's how you see it. It's how you see it. We never talk about failure. We talk about growth. You succeed here or you succeed here through trial and error. We don't fail. Failing. The only way you fail in life is quitting. The only thing you can fail at is quitting, quitting. And it's okay to quit something that you don't feel called to. That's okay. But when something's not perfect, you don't run away. It's a growing opportunity. It's a blessing. It's a blessing in disguise. We've heard that, right? It was so cool that he abandoned the situation or thought to quietly. I wish I had that kind of. If someone did me like that, I'd have to come out of my pastor suit. I don't think I could do it, Nate. I don't think I could handle the situation as a man. So I pray every day, and we should all pray to be like Joseph, that we can keep our focus in God when that situation hits, that we backtrack what we say quickly and we listen first. Slow to speak, quick to listen, the Bible says, James says. So we, we go, God, what's going on? 
before I assess this wrong, what's really happening? Something good. No way. Yes. So you have to think above the barrier, the perceived barrier, or you'll miss that breakthrough. Anybody ever rock climbed? Like, um, not for real, like a, the fake walls, you know, they have like at the, the rec centers. Aaron, Cheyenne, Cheyenne's crew. It's bright. I can't tell who's who. But So we used to do that. And I remember one time um, we did this wall. And I'm not talking about the kind that had the assisted bungee lift. You know those kind, Bobby, you know, where as you step up, it holds you so you can't fall back down. You go up, and then it's like, I got you. And you go up, I got you. And, and if you let go right then, you stay where you're at. I'm talking about the free form. You let go, you're going to die. I'm talking about that kind. Well, what they do is your, your buddy has to sign a waiver. You sign a waiver, and your friend is holding the rope. I don't know about you all, but 18-year-old boys, they like to play jokes on each other. And so my best friend was holding the rope, and I'm, I had to sign this, this piece of paper. I think it's called a death waiver. That's what it's called, Michelle. That says, if Josh lets go of the rope, I can't sue the company if I die. Well, thank you, company, because if I'm dead, I don't have to bother with it anyway. So just take me out all at once, okay? Don't leave me hanging halfway. So anyway, I had to climb this wall, and I, I never liked heights, and so I did it. And the biggest fear was climbing over a barrier that I couldn't see the top of, and I knew if I looked down, oh, snap, uh-uh. I couldn't do it. And then I thought, Josh, he's punked me so many times in my life. What if he just, like, does a little jiggle with the rope, playing games, and then it slips out of his hand? I was more scared, Amanda, of him letting go of the rope than me letting go of the wall. Okay? Because there, no, there was no assisted mechanical lift. It was if, you, if he decides to, we didn't have smartphones back then, but if he decided to look at his pager and slip that rope, no church, no Pastor Jeff. Thank you, God. It's not what I planned. So the barrier was in sight, and I knew I had to get above the barrier, the fear, the mental fear. And so I climbed that wall, and I climbed to the top, and it was hard, man. And then I remember I got on some a few years later and did some other walls, and it became easier because I didn't look down. I didn't look at the fear of it. I looked at just getting above the barrier. And that's what we have to do mentally is think above the barrier, that God is in the midst of your perceived barrier. He's in it. He's in the barrier. Think above what is blocking your vision. Your vision says your, your spouse, your, 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 um, oh, my goodness. What do they call it when you, get, when you get engaged? What do they call each other? Fiance, yes, your fiance. Cheyenne, why you know that? Just kidding. The barrier to Joseph was my fiance did this, but God says think above your barrier. Look at what I've blessed. Think above it that you're about to encounter the biggest change in the history of mankind. Think above it. God was inside what you perceived to be the problem. He was inside that womb. The greatest blessing, Joseph, is inside the womb of what you think is a letdown, is a broken trust letdown of integrity, is a, is a broken untrustworthy human being you got it wrong because that is a blessing in your face about to break through the womb of Mary into the manger you see how his perception made or break the situation 
You see that? That could have looked really ugly to a lot of people. But God was in the womb, literally. He was in the womb. The Spirit of God was the barrier that Joseph was fighting with his mind until the angel calmed him and gave him focus back to what was written, not what he felt. So he proceeded through faith because it didn't make sense. I've never seen a young girl be pregnant without, well, she's a virgin. I've never seen that. I don't know how that works these days. Joseph is going, I don't, I don't know how that's possible, but God spoke and it is written. So I trust the situation and I will think above my barrier. God not only was in the middle, but this was a test he sent you. He sent you a test. And your instinct to run away will be when you're about to break through on your test. If you go beyond the shortcoming, I promise you, things will start to overflow. You got to keep on pushing. You're going to move on up to the east side. I don't know why the Jeffersons popped up, but you just got to keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on. We're moving on up. I don't know. That's their motto for today. To the Jesus sign. When the world looks bad, just praise in holy name. I don't know. You see, that's what you do. You change it. You put it back in perspective. It don't feel good. Make it good. Praise him when you don't want to. Bless his name when you feel cursed. Flip the script on the devil. Because he wants to damage and taint your thoughts with his junk. And that's tilling the garden. So when he hates on you, you bless his name. You bless the Lord and say, devil, I don't got time for that. And I'm not having it, Satan. God's plan is built around this moment that we're talking about. That transitional moment. So what will you do? What will you do in that moment? It's a trust test. Touch your neighbor, tell him it's a trust test. Who do you trust? I don't trust a lot of people. So trust is a hard thing for me. I, I, I don't know why I evolved this distrust as a kid. I think I was, I was insecure as a kid, so I, I didn't like the way I looked. And so I would doubt people, and I took that into my adulthood, and I took it into my marriage, and I took it into things that was so long gone and, and false. And I was battling myself. It was a trust test. I didn't trust people. I still struggle with it. But I've learned, and actually pastoring has really helped put, keep things in perspective because my mind's more focused on God much more than it used to be. It took, it took time. It's back on. Okay, there we go. Bless his name. God brought it back when the devil tried to send it to the ground. Come on, somebody, right now, let's just give him praise for a minute. Let's just give him praise that we can be here in this house. You see how the devil tried to do that? He tried to take our sound system, Debbie. Uh-uh, devil. I don't think so. Devil, no, not today. Man, we got a, we got a plethora of variety. We've got Hillsong. We've got the Jeffersons, Michelle. What else we got? I don't know. Pretty soon we're going to whip out some Coolio. Who knows? Trust test. God wants to trust you with a test. And that's when you finally get to this point, like Joseph, where the baby's about to arrive in the manger. The fulfillment of the promise is about to happen because Joseph stayed faithful to God's word. It was 
faith, fulfillment through faithfulness. And God wants to fulfill this plan through you. And all this happened for a reason. God didn't put you in these seats today just by chance. God is doing something in each and every one of you, specific to you, for God's plan on your life, Jen, on your life, Aaron, on your life, Debbie, on your life, Andre, on your life, Betty, on your life, Debbie, on your life, Bobby, on your life, Pam and Dan, and everybody else. It's specific. It's tailored for you. Specific. It's so good. I can't measure God's faithfulness with that yardstick. So I will trust above my doubt. I will trust. And God knew the season you'd be in right now. He knew about it before you were born. And so he is in the middle of it. He is what's in your perceived barrier. He is there trying to bless you in the middle of it. That it might be fulfilled. The Bible says that it might be fulfilled. It might be fulfilled if you do as I spoke. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, it says, which was spoken by the Lord. See, see, we can choose against God's will. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean he pulls our string and forces it to happen. That it might be fulfilled should we trust and follow the will of God according to the prophet spoke. And that's what Joseph did. Thankfully, Joseph stayed. Thankfully, Mary stayed with the plan. They had a choice in the matter. If y'all could stand with me this morning. We want to be reverent to God's word in this house. We want to close this morning on this snowy day. Our first snow day as a church in November. December, oh Lord. It's December. I give praise that my life may be a sacrifice to glorify his name. And when the turmoil is thick, look above it. Look above it. I know y'all got things that are going on in your life. Look above it. Look above it. It's temporary. God is in the middle. God is doing something. And the last thing he wants you to do is to run away from it. Embrace it. Look above it. And you will overcome it with a breakthrough. Don't reject the greatest gift that God has set before you in your manger. If y'all could bow your head with me, I just want to pray over this house. It's been a crazy day. We always bring it back into focus with God's word. Amen. It doesn't matter what goes wrong. It doesn't matter all the technical. It doesn't matter who shows up. What matters is that we bring our best to God. And God will continue to give the increase. It's, it's breaking through the barriers. And so when we recognize that, we ask God to bring focus back. God, bring focus to your house right now. Touch your house, God. Touch these people in a way. Touch your children in a way, your sheep in a way, that they see something new in you today that they didn't see last week at One Seed Church, that they come getting something new, something rooted new each week, that it manifests and collaborates together and forms something new in them to come out of them, that your plan to fruition, and let them not abandon this barrier at the moment. Let them not, not, them not abandon the tests when they're trying to walk for you, God. They're trying to go down the path of the straight and narrow towards your will, God, and the devil wants to trip them up, but don't let them get caught up in that silly mess because the devil is a liar and the father of it. And so we know that any barrier the devil tries to present, you are going to convert into a blessing because you have overcome the world when you arrived in that manger and you went to the cross for all of us, God, so we will have no fear. We will stand strong strong in your word, God.
Touch us this week, Lord. Touch us this week. Let us remember the message of Christmas and share it with people and bring people to church, God, that they may know you on a a level they have never known before. And the house of God can say, in Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say amen. Let's do some praise and worship.